the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Open for business. Yep, the shutdown is over. The federal government is up and running again. This means you can enjoy your weekend and all the non-essential federal employees will be back at their non-essential government jobs and they'll be getting their non-essential paychecks, which will include non-essential back pay. Hey, nobody wants to see anybody out of a job, but there's something wrong here. I mean, either it's unfair to call the jobs unessential, and they really are essential, which I'm sure some of them actually are, or they really are unessential, and we shouldn't be forced to pay for them. How can you have it both ways? Well, President Trump says he'll give the the Democrats three weeks to come to an agreement that allows his uh, him to spend some money on a wall on the southern border. What this means, of course is that we're going to hear the same arguments for the next three weeks. No compromise will be reached, and the president will probably declare a state of emergency or figure out some other way to fund the wall. So stay tuned. Meanwhile, last night things got pretty messy at the city-county building when the mayor and city council invited citizens to speak for three minutes each on the proposed illegal gun restrictions that the city would like to impose after the break. Uh, I'm going to talk to Kim Sulfur, president of Firearms Owners Against Crime, for his take on what happened last night. Meanwhile, as a prelude to that, I'd like to read an excerpt from my favorite column on the subject of gun control. It's by Judge Andrew Napolitano, the guy you see on Fox. And the headline is, The Right to Shoot Tyrants, Not Deer. Here's what he said. The principal reason the colonists won the American Revolution is that they possessed weapons equivalent in power and position to those of the British government. If the colonists had been limited to crossbows that they had registered with the king's government in London, while the British troops used gunpowder when they fought us here, George Washington and Thomas Jefferson would have been captured and hanged. We also defeated the king's soldiers because they didn't know who among us was armed because there was no requirement of a permission slip from the government in order to exercise the right to self-defense. The limitations on the power and precision of the guns we can lawfully own not only violate our natural right to self-defense and our personal sovereignties, they assure that a tyrant can more easily disarm and overcome us. The historical reality of the Second Amendment's protection of the right to keep and bear arms is not that it protects the right to shoot deer. It's not, again, it's not that it protects the right to shoot deer. It protects the right to shoot tyrants, and it protects the right to shoot at them effectively with the same instruments they would use upon us. The reason I read that is because every one of these, and you'll hear about it from Kim, I'm sure, every one of these meetings includes somebody asking, why does anybody need to own an AR-15? Why do you need to have 20,000 rounds of ammunition? Which is what one of the mayor's assistants uh, asked of someone last night who said that he had an AR-15 and 20,000 rounds of uh, ammunition. That's why. Not to shoot deer, to shoot tyrants. We'll talk about that when we come back. Stay there. Employers, are you tired of paying outrageous premiums for health insurance? How about a plan that allows you to go to any hospital in the country? A plan that pays you back every year? This is John Steigerwald from Marley Financial. Whether you want a top-of-the-line plan or just enough to keep you legal, Marley Financial has a custom-made plan for you. As a business owner, you owe it to yourself to stay ahead of the ever-changing marketplace. Marley has been on the cutting edge of new and improved health plans for both individuals and businesses. And only Marley Financial offers health plans that actually pay you back. Call 724-884-1496 for unbiased, top-notch plans from any carrier in Pennsylvania. Plans that'll save you money and give you an edge over the competition. They even offer custom business solutions to reduce your liability and overhead as you grow. They're truly one of the most innovative agencies in the nation. Call Marley now, 724-884-1496, 724-884-1496, or visit MarleyFG.com. Are you about to pay double for new windows, siding, or doors? If you haven't called Windows R Us, you just might. 
Many companies are overcharging area homes and businesses nearly double. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, gutters, siding doors, and of course, windows. Windows R Us will never overcharge. You'll love their no-pressure approach, straightforward pricing, and the fastest turnaround in the business. Right now, get zero interest for 12 months and up to $20,000 on new vinyl, fiberglass, or wood windows. With options like triple-pane glass and names like Pella, no hidden fees or surprises ever. Your no-loophole lifetime warranty covers everything, including glass breakage, at no additional cost. Mention AM1250 with your free estimate for an exclusive 10% off. Why pay double? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company, WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. At the CMA Foundation, we believe every child should have the access and opportunity to participate in quality music programs. Music education isn't just important if you're going to make it your career. It helps boost student engagement and achievement across all academic subjects and helps children develop the abilities that set them up for lifelong success. Music has always been a huge part of my life. When I started taking clarinet lessons in sixth grade band, a whole world was open to me. I learned how to read music and play multiple instruments. From there, I sang in choir and learned about melodies and harmonies and chords and how to string them together to make this beautiful thing called music. The music education that I received as a student set me up for success as an adult, not just in my career, but in my life. Music is transformative, and I want to ensure that it's never silenced. Learn how you can help support music education at itstartswithme.org. I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. Today's fluctuating interest rates can leave you with unexpected higher mortgage payments. At Quicken Loans, we've created a new way to protect you from unpredictable interest rates so you can buy a home with certainty. It's called Rate Shield, and here's how it works. With Rate Shield, you can lock your interest rate while you shop for a new home. So if rates go up, you don't have to worry. And here's the best part. If rates go down, you get the lower rate. With Rate Shield, we really have you covered. Here are more reasons why you'll want to work with America's largest mortgage lender. For nine years in a row now, J.D. Power has ranked Quicken Loans highest in the nation in customer satisfaction for primary mortgage origination. And for the fifth year in a row, they've also ranked us highest in the nation for mortgage servicing. Rate Shield. Another way we can save you money on your mortgage. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Based on Rocket Mortgage data in comparison to public data records, racial approval only valid on certain 30-year purchase transactions. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender license in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply. Warning. Listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The Answer. Last night, the city council and the mayor threw a little party, and lots of people showed up, and it was all to discuss guns and whether the city should be taking guns away from people or at least prohibiting people from bringing them into the city. Kim Stolfer is the president of Firearms Owners Against Crime, and he joins us now. Kim, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me on, John. So, what was the purpose for the city council hearing on guns last night? What was uh, what were they? What was everybody expecting to get accomplished? Well, the groundwork is that the city of Pittsburgh is uh, trying to introduce and pass three laws that they're not allowed by law to introduce. They're gun control laws that are notoriously mismanaged by local communities, and the state has denied them the authority to do this. So the purpose of the hearing last night was to so supposedly to provide public input. And the process of this was normally in the past, as far as anyone can remember, handled in council chambers. But what they did is they moved it down to the lobby, and in a third-world nation-style type of uh, intimidation, uh, plugged everyone into uh, amusement park type of line, kept us there, and denied us access to bathrooms and even handicapped access to places to sit. So it was a circus last night, and it was meant to intimidate citizens, and it was an insult to everyone that was there, whether you were for or against the law. Wow. And uh, uh, I, I'm just shocked. Now, uh, you know, John, I've been doing this for 35 years. Yeah. And I have never seen, not even in Philadelphia, this kind of conduct on the part of a... Uh, government of any type at any level um there was uh i mean you're taking a complex issue like gun control 
and you're trying to squeeze it down into three minutes. At the same time, they don't want to have fact-finding or anything. And the reason why these laws have never passed at the state level, which they're recommending a ban on guns, ban on accessories and, and things like that, and red flag laws, is because the logic and the, and the science do not dictate their success or their value. Plus, the Constitution shouldn't be violated. I'm just shocked, John. I, I, well, just, well, I can't uh, explain it. The, I think someone from the outside, especially someone who didn't actually show up at the meeting and didn't witness it, if you're reading about this, um, if you see it in the paper or see it online somewhere, you think, well, that's good. They're they're airing out their differences, and the the government is listening to both sides, and they'll come to a a, a fair decision. That's that's the – I'm guessing that that's the um, image that they were hoping to project, and you're saying it didn't quite work. No, it did not work, and why everyone should be concerned about this is because there was not fairness. This was an outrageous – deviation from the normal standard practice they were putting people that had health issues in harm's way people left which was their intent to dis- to discourage people from testifying because they just couldn't stand in the line it it i was there at quarter to five and it started at six and i was there for roughly five hours and where do you go to the bathroom i mean how can you be allowed to do this to anyone and then at the same time the same people that are conducting this hearing this way, in an underhanded, third-world nation style, in my opinion, are the same people that are breaking Pennsylvania law. They're committing crimes when they do this. And it's not the first time. The city did it in 1993. We beat them in court. They pledged, and in the court decision, to abide by Pennsylvania law, and they've continued a pattern and practice ever since of doing this, and the state has said, they cannot do this. The Supreme Court has said they cannot do this. And yet they're arrogantly defying the law, the courts, court precedent, and the legislature. And they're trying to get away with even the district attorney said what you're doing is not lawful, and you could end up facing criminal complaints. I, I, John, I, everybody should be really concerned when you have uh, local officials try to play God and act as if nothing applies to them. But the last person I know that did that, that thought they could get away with it, was Kathleen Kane, the former attorney general. Uh-huh. She's in jail. She's in jail now with an orange jumpsuit. <laughs> well, uh, you know, the people who are opposed to you, to uh, and we're talking to Kim Stolfer, president of Firearm Owners Against Crime, the people who are opposed to you, uh, maybe in varying degrees anyway, they don't care if the government acts like God in this situation. They'd be perfectly happy if someone showed up at your house and knocked on your door and just you know, held you at gunpoint and just marched out of your house with all your guns. They would think there's nothing wrong with that because it would be protecting uh, the innocent. How do you fight that? And I don't necessarily well, mean all, that in a, that they're being that doing that in a, in a mean way. They just think, well, that, all, that just makes sense. Just take the guns from these people and we won't have this problem anymore. Well, that's the problem with uh, asking the public for input, is there's no qualification to whether or not they know what they're talking about. If you act in an emotional way on rights, and the reason why we have a Bill of Rights is to, as our founding fathers said, eliminate the vicissitudes of public opinion and it can be easily manipulated from deciding how every American enjoys their privileges and their rights. The Bill of Rights is there meant to protect even the one person you can have 999 million people against one individual's exercise of his rights, and the Bill of Rights is meant to protect that one individual, yep. even the minorities. The founders hated the idea to- of a democracy. They hated democracy. Yes. Nobody knows that. Very few people know that. But go ahead. Well, a republic is the rule of law, and mm-hmm. the law is the Constitution. A democracy is mob rule. Mm-hmm. And what that means is 51% can tell 49% to go fish. And in this particular case, the city is ignoring the republic, ignoring the responsibility of government to protect the rights of all, and they're basing all of their decision-making on the emotional pleas from individuals have no idea that what they're asking for is going to make things worse. It's going to get more people killed. I say that not because this is Kim Stolfer. I have 35 years of studying this issue. I say this because academics, law enforcement, 
um, uh, uh, system uh, situational professionals are all, legislators are all saying this. California, they adopted things that are even more stringent than what the city is asking for, and their violent crime with firearms went up 18% last year alone. The House of Representatives studied this, and their staff reported last year that the uh, use of firearms in crime in Pennsylvania for the last 10 years, from 2006 to 2016, went down 30% enforcing the laws we have now. We have this vision of of us having so-called epidemic in uh, crime and firearms crime. And that's completely the opposite of what the statistics show. Gun control does not stop crime. And I'm not saying this because of me. I'm saying this because the National Academy of Sciences says this. The CDC said the National Academy of Sciences is right. Professor John Lott says the same thing. Academics and criminologists all across the country have studied this in a responsible manner. They've been, many of them have been before the legislature, and they've shown that gun control is a fool's errand, a fool's gold, if you will. And it gets more people killed and injured and we are not using the tools we have now, the laws we have now. Like I told city council, I says, why don't you go across the street to the courthouse and see the people being plea bargained and put back on the street when they commit crimes with firearms, and why don't you take actions on that? Because this is what happens in, in actual day-to-day court. The law we have now on guns, which is extensive, most people think we have no laws. That's the narrative of these anti-gun groups. We have an enormous number of laws controlling the access, the possession, the transport of firearms. And it's all, when somebody violates these laws, it's one of the first things plea bargained away. So they basically get out of jail free and go out and kill police officers, and it's, it's reprehensible. Kim, I, I just, I've been hearing that for years, that about the plea bargaining. And so it's not, and I don't think that many, enough people know that that happens. Um, and as someone who worked in the media all my life, I've also noticed uh, that when there is a crime committed with guns, that I mean, if it's a if it's a mass shooting like what happened in Squirrel Hill, there's a, a massive um, and there's a, an investigation into where this how was this crazy person able to get a gun, but you never hear anything about any kind of an investigation into how. Um, a 17-year-old kid got a gun to, to do a drive-by shooting. Uh, you never hear anybody say, well, wait a minute, how did, where, where did he come up with, how did he get a gun? He, you can't have a gun at 17 like that. I, I never hear uh, a story or see a story anywhere where they're investigating where the kid got the gun. That's precisely true. And ironically, in Pennsylvania, in our law, Section 6127, they're required to trace all these firearms. Police are. And we don't see that. You're absolutely right, John. But there's no interest. The there's problem. no interest from the media. Uh, this is what I'm saying. I, 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 yes. I, I like you have. You'll have a, a, a gang shooting. You'll have some kind of a uh, an eruption where the you know kids are getting involved, or you have some innocent kid shot in a drive-by, and everybody will be horrified, and they'll want the the kid you know put away, and they'll they'll want the they'll want the proper. Um, punishment for the person, and you know the, they want to get them to trial and all that stuff. And you never hear anybody say, "Well, geez, there's a lot of guns out there. Where are they getting them?" Well, he- here's an interesting part. Uh, the a point the Bureau of Justice Statistics just released. It's uh, part of the Justice Department. This this entity, and they just studied where criminals get guns. They went in and talked to felons, nearly four thousand of them. And what they found out was only one point two percent get their firearms from a gun store or a gun show. That 1.2%, the rest of it's stolen from a friend, uh, from criminal action. Uh, there's a host of other reasons. And this report has been basically overlooked by the media. And I think it tells us a tale, exactly what you're saying, is that we're not looking into the sources of the firearms. We're not looking into how they're handled, the criminals are handled, once they get the actual, uh, uh, get the court, and what actually happens to them, how the court processes these individuals. Uh, and so why are we not using the tools we have now to deal with these criminals? Uh, I can give you an anecdotal point. When uh, Tom Corbett was attorney general, uh, he was asked to come in by the Philadelphia district attorney into Philadelphia and help them with their problem with violent crime with firearms. 
he hired 26 different detectives and police officers who were retired. And with a budget of $1.2 million, he was able to focus on that narrow subset of repeat recidivist violent criminals. And he dropped, the, the, the homicide rate in Philadelphia dropped from that point forward for a year. It dropped 25%. And yet now, I don't know if you've been paying attention to the recent reports out of Philadelphia, the current DA has been making sweetheart deals and allowing violent criminals to go free. And even the FOP yesterday called out the DA for allowing these criminals to get back on the streets. Wow. And, you know, I saw... I think... Go ahead. I think that uh, everyone listening to your show has to understand the gravity of this. Because primarily the violence in Pennsylvania comes from the six largest cities. And they are controlled by people that want to focus on gun control and not on the criminals who commit the crime. Mm-hmm. And that, that's insane. It's like, can you imagine if the city of Pittsburgh took, uh, they wanted to stop speeding with cars, which cars kill, right? Right. If they wanted to look at cars that had engines with over 300 horsepower and ban them right. instead of going after the drivers. It's insane to me, John. Well, Thomas Sowell once said, when he, when he hears people say, if it saves one life... He said, if, 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 you, if you applied that to everything, you would, what if somebody said, you know, let's reduce the speed limit on the interstates to 10 miles an hour? I mean, if it saves one life, it would be worth it. Well, the reports out there, John, say this. Um, with the gun control, people have to start thinking. If it saves one life, well, what happens if it costs one life? Right. What happens if it costs a thousand more lives? Right. I asked city council. I said, with what you're advocating here, it's in place in California. Are you prepared to be part of the crime, the, the, the additional crime that occurs because you're not going after the criminal? And they just stared at me. And Connie, Corey O'Connor, city councilman, he just gave me a smirk as if he doesn't care. This is all political. Yeah. They couldn't care less, and they think that they're above the law. Well, here's the thing. Other, uh, the other thing, Kim. Um, are you familiar with uh, Judge Napolitano's piece called Killing Tyrants? Yes. Uh, I, I, th- where I don't think that, uh, you know, all the argument stops if you just say that the Second Amendment isn't even about this. Because I, I saw a tweet from someone from the uh, the mayor's office, um, one of the, I think his assistant, um, and he said uh, that some, some uh, a guy had gotten up at the thing last night and he said, I have uh, an AR-15 and I have 20,000 rounds of ammunition. Uh, and the response from the mayor's assistant was, well, what private citizen needs that? And that shows a total misunderstanding of what the Second Amendment is about. It's about it's about killing tyrants. It is. You know, and it also undercuts the entire uh, basic premise of America. When you sit down and you look at it, America is a nation that is based on one important concept, freedom. And no citizen, no one, I cannot tell any other citizen how to exercise their freedom. And for government, the same government that does not hold itself responsible for protecting citizens, they have no legal responsibility to protect citizens. They hold themselves uh, uh, completely harm, harmless from protecting citizens. Is the same government like the city of Pittsburgh that's going after their rights and taking away their ability to protect themselves. So when you look at the concept of freedom, when, when I hear a government bureaucrat say, who needs this? I automatically know that they never pass constitutional class right. 101. They don't get it. And, you know, our country was based on the concept of uh, individualist uh, uh, citizens. And when you look at what started America, the whole issue of the Revolutionary War, it began because the British government wanted to disarm citizens in Lexington and can, and. Uh, Concord. And then, Kim, and on that note, I, I got to cut you off because I'm up against a hard break and I'm out of time. But uh, that's right where I wanted to take you. I appreciate you saying that. Thank you, John. All right. Thank you, Kim. And we'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. President Trump and congressional leaders have reached a short-term deal to reopen the government for three weeks while border wall negotiations continue. In remarks from the Rose Garden, the president announced an end to the 35-day partial government shutdown. We have reached a deal to end the shutdown and reopen 
the federal government. He said he will sign legislation opening the government for three weeks, and he promised retroactive paychecks for unpaid federal workers. I will make sure that all employees receive their back pay very quickly. For the next 21 days, negotiations will continue on the president's demand for border wall funding. Greg Clugston, the White House. The Senate has now passed the legislation unanimously and has sent it to the House. On Wall Street, the Dow by 184 points. The Nasdaq rose 92. The S&P advanced 22. Oil up to 53.69 a barrel. This is SRN News. Come on, kids. We're late. Honey, the car won't start. Mom, the dog just sat on my science project. Life can be stressful, but getting life insurance shouldn't be. That's why there's Ethos. Ethos is a modern kind of life insurance that's super fast, incredibly affordable, and very uncomplicated. At GetEthos.com, there are no medical exams for policies covering under a million dollars, no hours of paperwork or meetings with pushy representatives. It only takes 10 minutes to apply, and you can rest assured knowing you've taken steps to protect your family. And in most cases, with Ethos, you can have that peace of mind for less than a cup of coffee a day, with no hidden fees. Having life insurance can free you from stress. Getting life insurance shouldn't cause it. Discover how uncomplicated life insurance can be at Ethos. Get your free instant quote and submit your complete application in minutes. Just go to GetEthos.com. That's E-T-H-O-S. GetEthos.com. GetEthos.com. Hugh Hewitt wants the president to ask for it all. I have a Washington Post column urging the president to go big. You know, go do everything you can. Get rid of the the problem of the 10 million people without permission in the country. Keep those who can stay here. Regularize them. Build the wall. Do it all. But he needs a counter. I mean, they got to get the ice flowing, right? The ice has got to crack. The Hugh Hewitt Show. Weekday mornings at 6. Right before Mike Gallagher at 9 on AM 1250. The Answer. How many sales are you missing because you're not effectively using social media marketing? Worse yet, how many customers are your competitors stealing from you because they are? The vast majority of the population is on social media nearly every day shopping. Does your business have an effective selling presence on social media? We're Salem Surround. We take the mystery of digital marketing off your shoulders, letting you run your business while we deliver customers. Your competition is already social. Catch them and surpass them. We offer a free analysis of your digital marketing effectiveness and suggest methods that could dramatically increase your sales. We know how to make every digital dollar count towards sales success. Now there are no limitations on where you can reach customers with Salem Surround. Total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. If your advisor or insurance rep is recommending an annuity, or if you're considering purchasing any retirement product, you should always get a second opinion. Make sure your decision's appropriate and cost-effective for your personal retirement situation. Call the Synergy Group before you move your 401k, IRA, or any other retirement account into an annuity or any financial product. Synergy Group has been helping Pittsburghers with hometown advice and services for 30 years. Don't just make a move. Be sure the annuity you're considering is a good move for you. Get a professional second opinion from Synergy Group, the local retirement professionals. Synergy Group, 800-321-7963. That's 800-321-7963. 800-321-SYNERGY. Investment advisory services offered through Global Financial Private Capital, LLC. Securities offered through GF Investment Services, LLC. Member FINRA SIPC. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. On the Parkway West, very heavy inbound, Carnegie to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. An outbound slow, Banksville Road to Carnegie. Parkway East inbound delays, Edgewood's Whisvale to Squirrel Hill, and also Boulevard via allies to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Usual volume on the outbound side. 28 outbound slow, Veterans Bridge to Grant Avenue. Outbound 51, they're jammed up around Woodruff Street. There was an earlier vehicle fire. Mon Wharf still shut down with flooding. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer. Weather. Increase in cloudiness for tonight. It will be cold with a flurry toward dawn, a low down to 14. It will be cloudy and cold through the day tomorrow with a bit of snow and flurries with little or no accumulation. High tomorrow, 27. Mostly cloudy tomorrow night with a couple of flurries around, a low down to 23. And then for Sunday, cloudy with some snow at times. There's kind of accumulated coating to an inch. High Sunday around 32. 
I'm meteorologist Brian Thompson on AM 1250, The Answer. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5, The Answer. Well, yesterday we spent a lot of time here talking about a law out in South Dakota that a senator out there was trying to get passed, which would make it mandatory for young athletes to compete in interscholastic sports as the gender that they were born as. And uh, that caused a lot of problems. I wanted to find out what the situation was here in Pennsylvania. So I thought it would be a good idea to bring in the associate executive director of the PIAA. And that would be Melissa Mertz. And she joins us now. Melissa, thanks for being here. Yes, thank you for having me. So um, I, I'm, I'm starting off cold here because I don't know what the PI, how the PIAA comes down on this. That's why I wanted to have you on. We spent some time here yesterday. Um, talking about a proposed law in South Dakota that would require kids to compete as their birth at gender, and that was mm-hmm. getting a lot of pushback in the state and from the media. Is there an official PIAA policy on that yet or now? We do. We have um, in Pennsylvania, and as you might go around the nation, you might find that every state handles it a little bit differently, but in Pennsylvania, um, what we our policy is is that whatever the principal certifies to, uh, after having a conversation with, you know, the, the student, uh, parents, counselors, doctors, whoever needs to be involved in that conversation, uh, once the, if the principal accepts that student as a male, then that's what we take. If that principal accepts that student as a female, then that's what we take. We don't go any further than that. We accept what they give us. So it becomes a, um, it's, it's, it becomes a school issue, and it's not, you, you guys just aren't in, involved in it. Right, yeah. We, well, we just feel that they're the ones that are best to make the de- decision based on because they have the most knowledge of, of the student. They're, you know, everything that's involved, the history that's, you know, yeah. um, and that if, you know, if, if they're okay with that student, whether b- born a boy now identifying as a girl or vice versa, um, they're willing to accept that um, and go on record with it, then we'll take that as well. Is, has it been an issue? Uh, has, it, has it caused any controversy in, in PIAA no, sports yet? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Knock on wood, it hasn't. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I only I say that and, and kind of chuckle just because, you know, certainly we have um, some areas for certain sports. Let's just take two that come to mind, wrestling and swimming and diving. Um, and I'll just talk more about swimming and diving because that's one that I, I run that championship. Um, this, so we, in some sports, get into some possible concerns with the way the rules are written for uniform uh, wrestling maybe weigh-ins or whatever it may be um, but for swimming and diving for example um, uh, the uniform requirement for a boy is that the uniform does not extend up above the waist and you know we've had several conversations here about wow that uh, makes should it we ever interesting get, yeah. yeah should we ever get to a situation where you have a girl that has transitioned to a boy um, you know, by rule, according to what's written in the rule, boys, you know, uniforms can extend above the waist. Yeah. Um, however, we feel we have a provision in our in the PIAA bylaws that allows for a modification of the uniform, and that's what we would do in that case. So we haven't had it yet, um, but we think we're prepared. You know, should that should that arise? Well, I I, I read the um, the bylaws, at least the section on um, you know the mixed gender participation. It's under section four. And mm-hmm. it, it talks a lot about it doesn't it doesn't um, address what we're just talking about here the the right. transgender issue, but it still right. it seems to have uh, there are um, common sense um, things in here that are, are encouraging I think uh, think that, that show that you know it's one thing for a girl to say she wants to play baseball. And mm-hmm. uh, but it might be different for a boy who wants to play softball, or I, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. you had a background in field hockey, so there were boys playing field hockey for a while. Is that still going on? Um, occasionally, you'll see it at the middle school level, um, but again, the the school the principal has to apply that policy. And as you've you've made yourself aware of, that has like a four point criteria that the principal has to go through each of those items and determine, you know, is this kid going to be a safety risk? Are they going to give us a competitive advantage, you know? Um, you know, do we already have more opportunities for boys to participate than we do for girls? So, so they've got to kind of go down that, that list and um, make sure that, you know, none of those are triggered, so to speak. Um, but you don't see it at the senior high level because of that policy being put in place. Does, and that actually came... Um, 
because we used to have that um, there was an attorney general that had made a ruling years ago, back in the 70s, um, that prohibited us, the state association that is, from prohibiting boys on girls or girls on boys. But um, I think it was Greenewalt was the name of the family out of Pittsburgh, and their daughters played field hockey. They were both attorneys. And they helped us carry that forward and get that changed, and we wrote that policy. Because, you know, when you do get to the senior high level, in many cases, the boys have, you know, developed and they're stronger, faster, mm-hmm. more physically aggressive. And <laughs> so, um, but just a little bit of background on, on that change. But, uh, yeah. you know, that, that change, that, that has been pretty well received. Um, we haven't heard one, you know, opposition to, to that policy. We're talking to Melissa Merch. She's an associate, associate executive director of the PIAA. Um, and I just wonder, as a person who uh, does this for a living and is involved every day in the organization uh, of um, you know youth sports, what do you think mm-hmm. when you see, uh, for example, what happened in Connecticut this spring? I don't know if you're aware of that. A couple of transgender girls who were bi- biological males uh, dominated mm-hmm. the sprints. 100, 200 and 100 yards, 100 meter sprints. And um, it was great for them, but it wasn't that great for the girls who had to finish second. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I, I think it's, I think the natural reaction is it's very difficult. It is, uh, you know, to, 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 to see that, to know that, <laughs> you know, that, um, that, you know, that physically they're, they're faster and they're stronger and have them compete against, um, you know, young women. Uh, I think it happened in Massachusetts uh, a couple years ago with swimming and diving, actually. I think, I mean, swimming. Um, there was a young man that ended up, well, I'm sorry, transitioned from a, a young man to a, to a female and um, ended up winning their girls' state championship in, in several events. Um, but, you know, I mean, there's there's more that we have to take a look at. Um, you know, right now it hasn't happened in Pennsylvania. And that's not to say that it's, that it's not coming, that it might not be on the horizon. Um, but, you know, we'll have to, you know, we'll have to take it as it comes if, if that, you know, ends up on our plate like it did for Connecticut or Massachusetts or something of that nature. Well, the, the senator, uh, it was a state senator in South Dakota who um, put uh, was proposing this bill. And it, you know, obviously caused a lot of debate. But do you feel mm-hmm. like, as an organization, you have to have, uh, are like, you can't wait until it happens? You are you prepared for a, to take a stance on it when it if it if you do end up with a situation like that? Or again, does it keep fall? Does it fall back to the? Can you say, listen, um, don't? It's not our problem. It's the high school. They decided this person can compete as a female, and she's a female. Yeah, and that's in their, within our constitution, right? Yeah, I, I mean, it, for us right now, that's where it rests. It, it rests back with the schools. And, um, you know, I mean, w- even when we had, uh, before we had our mixed gender policy and we had instances where boys were playing field hockey, um, it, there was almost this um, natural, um, kind of sad to say, but like, um, it, it, you know, alienation of those those teams or those programs because other teams didn't want to play against them or you right, know what I mean right. they knew they had two boys or they knew they you know so I think for the most part that's kind of what's happened in our in our state so far um, I think we'll be prepared I think we will as best as possible we'll be prepared for that we've got a lot of states that we're you know we're gathering information from as, as they unfortunately you know go through some of these things but um, you know I think that with our policy you know, our our conversation is going to be back locally to the school and say, hey, this is what they have certified, you know, this young, you know, this is a young lady or this is a young man. And, you know, we're not any, we're not in any position to question that. I will say, you know, some states, um, and I can't, I can't, I apologize, I can't think of them off the top of my head, have gone to the extent of, you know, testing, genetic testing, hormone testing, or they have to take so many hormones before they, you know. Yeah. And that's been really messy, and that's just not something that we're interested in, you know, at this point. We just don't think that, you know, I think that and some of them have ended up with, you know, with lawsuits regarding that. So Yeah, that was a case of uh, wrestling, uh, a wrestler in Texas. Yeah, that's uh, what it was. I can't yeah. remember which, whether it was a... Because uh, I was, wanted to say a southern state, but I couldn't remember which one it was. Yeah, but it, but it was a, it was a uh, transgender girl who um, had... I think she was born female and was mm-hmm. transgendering, and she was doing it by taking hormones. 
and you mm-hmm. know testosterone and everything, and that made mm-hmm. her uh, become stronger than the other girls who weren't. It's just like PEDs. Yeah, it became. Yeah, uh, and it, it gave an unfair advantage. How do you deal with that? Because well, because yeah, now because, <laughs> excuse me for interrupting, but uh, like the high school has said, yeah, this is a girl. So now you have this girl, but you also know as an uh, as an athletic um, uh, uh, organization or as a as a as a uh, an agency that's supposed to control this stuff, you know that there's a girl competing for uh, uh, a I don't know if you, I don't think we have female wrestling in Pennsylvania. I don't think we do, but um, <laughs> interestingly enough, some people are petitioning for it. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, but but if you would ha- that if that that's the case, now you the, yeah the high school has said that we accept this person as a female. But then you have, as, a, as an organization that's supposed to be organizing sports and overseeing what's mm-hmm. going on there and keeping it fair, at some point you're going to have to have a, a, a ruling on something like that because it's giving this person an advantage just by the mere fact that she's taking the hormones. Yeah, and um, and you're probably right. And I don't, I you know, I'm not so sure that anybody. It's almost like somewhat like the transfer rule. I don't think any state would ever go on record and say we got the perfect solution because none of us do. Yeah. Um. You know, because it's a it it it's a very it's a delicate issue. Uh. You know. I mean, it's you know, you're absolutely right. I mean, we have a responsibility to ensure that. I mean, that's why we were created that there is a, a level you know playing field mm-hmm. among all of our schools and our contestants, our students. Um, yet you have, you know, this issue that comes into play and could possibly, you know, be, you know, quite dramatic should it, like you said, uh, you have a young man that was born a young man but is now transitioned to a female that, you know, and and enters, you know, herself into the girls' swimming championships or or whatever, track, whatever it may be, wrestling. Um, You know, I think that, I think that one thing that, one, obviously, you know, so far our, our policy has held true, but um, two, we will certainly probably continue to monitor the other states and, and what they're doing, yeah. you know, with this, whatever policy, because it's one thing that we do as state associations, we, you know, when we get these, so we, <laughs> we call, we steal from each other in essence, we, we, you know, we learn from what they did, what worked, what didn't work, what, you know, what has had the most success, and um, consider putting that into place for Pennsylvania. Uh, I want to ask you a question that I hope it's not an unfair question because you're speaking here as a representative of the PIAA, but you're also someone who's, I'm pretty sure you've been involved in athletics yourself. Mm-hmm. Just, Correct, yeah. ju- just uh, if, if you can put yourself uh, back in high school as a, as a, uh, or college as a, mm-hmm. as a female athlete, what would be your response if you um, uh, were a girl and you were uh, competing in track in Connecticut, and that happened to you. How how would you would, would you be protesting it? Well, that's a good question. Um, now you're allowed yeah, to, you're allowed I, I, to be not not happy with it, you know, and still be <laughs> direct to the PI, aren't you? Yeah, and I think especially yeah for for someone who benefited from you know Title Nine when that came into play in the early seventies. Yeah. Um, you know, and all the progress that was made. Yeah, I, I'm I'm certain. Yeah, I'm certain I would be. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's, and we've had it, you know, I guess even prior to the mixed gender, we, we watched it happen legally, you know, boys just as boys, you know, playing yeah. on girls volleyball teams or, you know, mm-hmm. on field hockey teams. And, um, it doesn't sit in people's guts well at all. And you get it, you know, I mean, you, these dads are out there watching these young men, uh, you know, dribble around their daughters or, <laughs> yeah. you know, slam a volleyball down there, you know, yeah. road, and um, it just, you know, it just, it just doesn't sit well. So I, I'm sure I probably would be of, of opposition. And just knowing that all that we've, we've gone through to get to where we are with girls, you right. know, participating in athletics. So, yeah, I'm sure I'd be of that, of that uh, group. I have one last question. It has nothing to do with what we're talking sure. about, but I think I saw okay. that you you were of a background in field hockey. Yes, that's correct. My granddaughter plays field hockey, uh, and I and I've you know gone to her games. Uh, I have mm-hmm. to ask this question: Why don't they make the sticks longer? <laughs> I, I don't understand the bending over. And I'm a guy, you know. Yeah, and I, well, you know, I know. Yeah, I, I through many years of having a sore back. <laughs> I mean, that, that was my first reaction like, when I saw the first game. I said, "Wait, wait, wait there's, there's get, it'd be like if I saw hockey players having to bend over like that." I said, "Well, get a bigger stick." <laughs> Am I the first person to ask you that? 
You are the first person to ask me that, to be honest with you. Well, I mean, uh, many people always say, "Why do? You, why can you only use one side of the stick?" Well, <laughs> I'm 100 percent serious, uh, Melissa. I think the game would be yeah. more fun if you, if they didn't have to bend over, uh, because uh, it's it's just it, it goes against. It just it. it right. I, I couldn't. I I don't, I don't think I could play the sport. I couldn't. I don't know how I could do it. You know, yeah. I'm well, fairly athletic. You know, it, it does. It does require. Um, yeah, and I, I think it just goes into the skill of the mastery of the sport. I yeah. mean, it, to be able to, to bend over yet to run almost full speed yeah. as best you can while dribbling a very small ball. You know, uh, and thank goodness for turf. You know that we yeah. have these days, but. Uh, it, I think it just adds to the skill and mastery, and, and when you see it come together, you know, with the players, that, the level of players we have these days, yeah. it's just so impressive to watch. Um, you know, I mean, what what these girls can do, yeah. Uh, even you know, when they're taking, you know, you know, reverse chips on goal and stuff like that, just how low they get. And well, well, my granddaughter's a goalie. And- <laughs> my, my granddaughter's a goalie, so okay. yeah. So that, and she, I don't know if she wants to face any slap shots, so. You know, maybe it's better. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, I, pre- I appreciate you being on with us, Melissa. Thanks for clearing it up. You're welcome. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. And we'll be right back. Why get stuck with a Medicare plan that leaves you at a disadvantage? Medicare open enrollment season has been extended through March 31st. This is John Steigerwald. Take advantage of your final opportunity this year to make a one-time switch to real Medicare coverage that includes traditional Medicare Part B and the Part D prescription drug plan. The team at Marley Financial knows Medicare is confusing. They know you have questions, and their team of experts can guide you through all the options available to help you make the best choice possible. A comprehensive Medicare plan that lets you access any doctor or hospital you want without a referral with lower deductibles and co-pays that are little to none a medicare plan that's focused not just on cost but quality don't get stuck paying thousands in out-of-pocket expenses call marley financial today 724-884-1496 deadline is march 31st that's 724-884-1496 724-884-1496 or visit marleyfg.com Are you about to pay double for roof replacement or repair? If you haven't called Windows or Us, you just might. Many companies are overcharging area homes and businesses nearly double. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company for siding, doors, gutters, downspouts, and roof replacement and repair. Factory certified by North America's largest roof manufacturer, Windows R Us will never overcharge. You'll love their no-pressure sales approach, straightforward pricing, and the fastest turnaround in the business. Right now, get zero interest for 12 months on up to $20,000. Windows R Us will match any competitor's price. No hidden fees or surprises ever. Schedule a free roof inspection today. Mention AM 1250 for an exclusive 10% off. Why pay double? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company. Windows R Us, more than a window company. Visit windowsruspittsburgh.com. Pat Boone here again, and I assure you, I have never before endorsed a pain relief product. Not until now. Not until Relief Factor came along as a 100% drug-free solution for people struggling with ordinary pain. Quite simply, Relief Factor was designed by doctors to help relieve those occasional aches and pains due to aging, exercise, and everyday living. Let me ask you, are aches and pains keeping you from sleeping through the night? Or keeping you from taking those nice long walks or playing golf or tennis? You can't really call it living if you can't get around comfortably. The three-week quick start from Relief Factor may be all you need to lower or even eliminate these pains. A whole lot of people have already gone to relieffactor.com, and here's something you need to know. The majority of people who order the three-week quick start, now only $19.95, go on to order more. Let's see if we can get you out of pain, too. Go to relieffactor.com. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-In Pest Free. I want to personally thank all my Plug-In Pest Free customers who have taken the time out to call, write, and who have left messages to thank me for ridding their homes and businesses of unwanted rodent and pest problems. So from me to you, I thank you. Plug-In Pest Free is the only scientifically tested and, more importantly, consumer-proven electromagnetic pest management system since 1995. Why put up with those annoying rodents and pests any longer? 
Plug-in Pest Free is 100% chemical free, making it your safest bet to manage your rodent and pest problems around your family and pets. With a 60-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. So order yours today at gopestfree.com. Use promo code RADIO20 for 20% off and free shipping. That's gopestfree.com, promo code RADIO20. Don't spray and regret. Plug in and forget. Go pestfree.com today. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. So let's finish the week with some stupidity. I like stupidity. Uh, in New York, they're thinking about eliminating plastic bags, and that's about as stupid as you can get. Uh, they're talking about passing a law. Alternatives, it says here in the New York Post, include potentially disease-ridden usable bags, uh, and also the reusable bag... A study conducted by researchers at the University of Arizona in California, Loma Loma Linda University, uh, measured bacteria in a sample of reusable bags, finding many containing dangerous ones, such as uh, coliform found in the bags and E. coli found in 12% of bags. And then, you know, reusable bags require far more energy, it says here, and other resources to make, and they may produce more landfill waste. A 2011 study for the U.K., uh, Environment Agency found that cotton bags would have to be used 131 times before they yield environmental benefits. And then one study reports that plastic bags require 71% less energy to produce. These are environmentalists, you know, they're going to force this down your throat. Plastic bag production also used less than 6% of the water needed to make paper bags. In addition, paper bags generate five times the amount of solid waste. U.S. doesn't, and you're worried about plastics, just keep this in mind. Next time you see somebody worrying about plastics in the U.S., uh, a 2017 study published by the Journal of Environmental Sciences and Technology reported 95% of plastic waste enters oceans from 12 from 10 rivers worldwide. Eight of those rivers are in Asia, two are in Africa. The U.S. contributes, are you ready, less than 1% of the plastic litter in the world's oceans. And you have people running around in San Francisco ready to hang themselves over their fear of the plastic just completely polluting the ocean and killing all the wild life and the fish. And it's terrible. And I'm glad I read this to you at the end of the week because it's really stupid. And I love stupid. Thanks to Aaron Byrne for another great week of producing. Thank you. Goodbye. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.